0: Hi guys, welcome to your Friday morning, not the top 20, betting show. It's Ali Maxwell and on the line with me, mint tea in hand. George Ellick, how are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay
1: on a uh, uh, self-prescribed caffeine break. So it's mint teas all the way, which is annoying because when you go to a cafe and you pay like two quid for a coffee or two quid fifty for a coffee, you kind of get it. Whereas paying £2.50 for a cup of mint tea is really quite annoying because all it is is just water and mint.
0: I mean, begs the question, what's actually in there? Just just hot water and mint, right? It's,
1: it's literally just hot, hot water and mint and it costs £2.50. But it's actually quite apt because tonight we're going to be hanging out with Mr. Mint O <laughs> on Sky. So, a very, very minty week for me.
0: You're going to start and end your day with uh, Minto. Um, uh, that's interesting. Well, I suppose at the very least, we, we've discussed before how... In the morning, one of my great early battles is uh, with hydration, and I suppose at the very least, compared to coffee, you're you're starting to hydrate with a mint tea. I can imagine that's got some quite good hydration qualities. So I'm excited. Yeah, I
1: thought so. But then interestingly, I was in Bristol on Thursday, and I asked the Starbucks staff if they if they sold mint tea, and they had to have like a mothers' meeting to discuss whether or not they actually had it. And someone dug out like a tea bag from somewhere.
0: Someone dug and out just- a polo from under the desk. And then and then they charged me two
1: pounds eighty. I was like, nah- Possible. you should be like, offering mint tea on a discount alongside a coffee. To because all you're doing is just selling water for two pounds
0: fifty. Di- Wait, did you buy it or not? Yeah, yeah. Really, you didn't say yeah. no out of principle. That-
1: well, I knew I, I knew I was on a I knew I was on a platform for like ten minutes, and it's so cold, and it's on to say hot in my hand. Uh,
0: sky money really going to your head, mate. Uh, also, <sighs> I mean, probably not the Sky money that you used actually, because last weekend was an absolute <laughs> banger, George, on the betting show. You've, you're smashing it at the moment. Well, it was quite funny
1: because I complained. Maybe this is a bit of an um, inside intel into the psyche of a football fan, where I was very put out by Owen Doyle being given a goal, which I claimed wasn't because he was a Swindon player. Um, that where he was quite clearly nowhere near it, and then I tip up no goal scorer, Oxford Sunderland, George Willis, quite clearly nods the ball into the back of the net. The goal's been given to John Masingo as an own goal. We've all been paid out, and I'm absolutely over the moon. So uh, that was a, a seven to one winner that definitely shouldn't have. Uh, it's literally like being paid out for a horse that's. that's just not finish the line first.
0: Yeah. Um, and make sure, and then, make sure, won't you, that you don't complain about any sort of unlucky losers or bad beats for a few weeks now.
1: I still think that it's just absolutely ridiculous that in 2020, when we have data providers providing us with expected goals and, and the like, we can't even get right who, who scored a goal. Um, it makes a bit of a mockery of the whole thing, but mm. I'll take it this time. And then also regarding getting a result of Sheffield Wednesday Got the nap up as well. In quite big. fortuitous circumstances as well with, with Salford coming away with with a win against Stevenage, even though Stevenage were probably the better team on the day. And if you backed the other one, which was Stoked to the QPR with better 365, then you'd have been paid out as well because they went 2 0 two up
0: no. before
1: before losing 4 2. So <laughs> <laughs> any, <laughs> any 365 punters
0: Really? Uh, no.
1: Three, three out of four, and and, and, a, and a bad beat the other one, but uh, hopefully we can do it again this week.
0: Yeah, excellent stuff. I um I got my nap up with Cheltenham, looking to do the same, looking to do better this week. Actually, uh, a reminder that the betting shows for over 18s only. Uh, we would ask everyone listening, uh, anyone acting on it, anyone having a bet this weekend, to understand the. Quite considerable risks that surround gambling, and to be gamble aware. Uh, where are you going, George, this weekend for your best bet across the EFL?
1: Back to Bristol, the land of the expen- expensive mint tea. Ooh! Um, it is Bristol City against West Brom, and West Brom are, I think, eight to seven best, uh, eight to nine best price, which isn't really a price. I mean, they're, they're basically five to six.
0: Sounds like marathon to me. Uh, no marathon,
1: actually, eighty-nine to hundred, ah, uh, which is the Mavericks pretty much the same um, it is the same yeah it is the same so yeah them, them and v uh, the you know the accomplished V bet mm. but uh, we saw on Saturday in the early kickoff last weekend that West Brom um, are are very good again to, to <laughs> kind of to, to not dress it up uh, in any way. Um, they were the better side against a Forest team who, again, were very well set up, who did their best to disrupt play as much as possible. They didn't have much help from the referee, it must be said. That's Forrest, of course, not, not West Brom. Um, but, uh, you know, Forrest or the balance of play were... I wouldn't say were good value for their point. They scored a very, very good goal to get it. The manner in which they, they, they came back and to equalise later on, you know, and I'm not going to take that away from them. But at the same time, there was... On the balance of play, from what we saw from West Brom, I think it was quite clear that they were the better side on the day. And they come up against a team in Bristol City, who I almost see as kind of Nottingham Forest light. Uh, I, th- I think that they, the way they approach games are v- is very similar. Uh, I think that, again, we're going to see West Brom dominating the ball in this one. I think we'll see West Brom creating more chances, as the odds, was, as the odds would t- suggest. And Bristol City looking to catch them on the break. And I just think that maybe after that game on the weekend, West Brom will be a little bit more streetwise uh, as to the challenges that Bristol City will pose. And we also have to add into the mix is that we've got an Nottingham Forest side who went into that game last weekend with a brilliant record against teams in the top half of the division. As I've said about a million times in the last week, they've only lost one game against sides in the top seven this season and that was against West Brom on opening day. Bristol City, on the other hand, have a torrid record at home. Um, They, especially in recent times, you know, they were very well beaten 4-0 by Brentford last time they played a team of this kind of quality at home. Uh, They got beaten by Birmingham 3-1, of course, that we saw live on Sky. Um, They kind of edged past Barnsley 1-0 in a game which they probably didn't deserve to win. Last time out, they looked to have kind of buried those worries, those issues against Derby by by racing into a three-goal lead, but eventually were hanging on uh, at 3-2 in a game again. It just didn't really... I mean, Derby didn't show up for the first hour, and as soon as they put some pressure on them, they were able to score pretty easily twice. So, the you know, the, in terms of the price and the odds here, there isn't a massive difference between West Brom's price today and, and last Saturday. I think they are about 11 to 10 on Saturday. So, definitely shorter, but I do think going into this, the game is set up in a way that West Brom should benefit much more from. I think a repeat performance against a side who I consider inferior to Forest, uh, although similar in style, should see them through.
0: Nice. Uh,
1: I think I think if that game was played, if so Saturday's game was played 100 times, West Brom would quite clearly win the majority, despite the fact it ended in a draw on Saturday. Um, and that is again paying no disrespect at all to Alder Forest, no disrespect to City, um, but again, and, and this is just a huge game for West Brom as well to try and really solidify their their spot at the top of the Championship. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, around about the five to six mark, West and
0: my nap. Okay. Well, interestingly, my nap are last weekend's West Bromwich Albion's opponents, and <sighs> that is at Nottingham Forest, Sabri Lamucci's Forêt de Nottingham, and uh, I'm picking them to beat wow. QPR at home. This weekend, um, 2.15 is probably around the best price you'll get, and... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Forest side that we've spoken about a lot, as you've referred to there. Um, we have spoken a lot about their excellent record playing against the top teams in the division. We have also spoken at times about a a struggle uh, to break down teams who sit deep and defend well against them and, and put the onus on them to, to, to really make the running in matches, uh, and um, that is always in the back of one's mind when you're backing Nottingham Forest, but the beauty of it is that um, there is this sort of blueprint, I suppose, to restricting forests—not necessarily beating them, but to 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 restrict them to keep their scoring chances uh, at a at a minimum. But I don't think QPR have got it in them to play out this blueprint. I don't think Mark Warburton really has any desire to set up in this sort of blueprint, and that makes me. More confident that uh, Forrest will do the business here. For QPR, I mean, there is a a growing but still not massive need to be picking up points. I mean, they are 11 points above the relegation zone. They're on a pretty terrible run, I think it's fair to say, uh, before that 4-2 win against Stoke. And they have been sliding down the table um, pretty substantially since uh, a decent start this season. One of the things that's really defined their season, as we know, is just an inability to uh, to keep the opposition at bay. They are, I think, as individual defenders, they have not had very good seasons. And as a unit, they've not had a very good season. Um, they've struggled to keep clean sheets. They have uh, just looked quite uh, quite easy to to create chances against. And, and with a player like Joe Lolly in the team for Forest and a weakness in my eyes, uh, in fullbacks defensively for, for QPR. Um, that gives me some hope that Lolly can do the business this weekend. So I really think Forrest can hurt them there. I don't think QPR have the, the discipline, the quality or the interest in, in sticking to this sort of slightly defensive, low block ga- game plan that can hurt uh, or that can restrict Forrest. Now, of course, on the flip side, they do have players who can hurt Forrest on the counter-attack. Uh, Eze in space, Osai Samuel in space, uh, that's a pretty terrifying prospect so Forrest will have to to play this one cleverly Um, I would point out as well that uh, apart from that loss against Charlton their last home game um, at the city ground they've beaten Leeds they drew with Reading beat Luton beat Blackburn beat Wigan Um, so recent form at the city ground not been too bad Uh, QPR's record defensively away at the better teams in the division is pretty terrible they've lost Away to Leeds, Fulham, Brentford, uh, Bristol City, Blackburn and Cardiff. All of the teams in the top nine that they've played, they've lost away from home. So um, Forrest is my pick. They're 2.15 and hopefully they're going to beat QPR this weekend and make it uh, a, a successive weekend of winning naps for us. Uh, what's your, your next selection here, George? Yeah, wigan
1: Millwall, <coughs> siding with the away side, I'm afraid. Um, prices have... The Lions of Millwall. Pretty much picking prices across the board, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much picking basically seven or four each side. Is it um, weird that
0: that gets me, like, I get like a real excitement when I see a football match that's priced up like this, where basically you're getting the same price for either side? Because it's rare, yeah. isn't
1: it? And especially, like, if you're looking at um, the whole game, a lot of firms, I'm looking at odds checking now, a lot of firms are seven or four, seven or four, two to one, the draw, oh, which is just quite fun. And I it's also it. just quite. Just quite clean. I reckon if you're like an OCD punter, that's probably quite a nice thing to see. Yeah, you know, you can just you can just relax when you're looking at it. Nice. Uh, a couple of a couple of firms have Millwall marginal favourites. A couple of firms have Wigan marginal favourites. So oh, wonderful. And that, I just I just don't think is right. <laughs> um, despite the the clear um, return to some kind of point picking up the form of Wigan, um, I think that the possible drop-off of Millwall's being a bit over-pronounced because this is still a massive game for them. They are still very much in the playoff race in the Championship. They're on 49 points at the moment, a point behind Blackburn and a point behind um, Cardiff. But if if we think that Bristol City have got West Brom uh, this weekend as well, you'd think for those sides chasing, there's there's more likely than not an opportunity to at least uh, gain on them. Uh, and then with Preston at uh, home to Hull, it's likely they're going to pick up points. So, but it still feels like this is a game. I mean, for those chasing back that chasing pack, until they get there, every game going to be very important to ensure they don't lose more ground. Uh, for Wigan, it's obviously huge because, I mean, the relegation fight is on. But their um, home form is really poor still. Wigan's. Uh, if you're looking back at their last, they haven't won. They've uh, won once at home, sorry, in the last ten. That came against Sheffield Wednesday, who, as we know, are currently the, I mean, as ridiculous as it is, they're currently kind of the whipping boys of the league. Uh, In that time, they've lost 2-1 to Swansea, 3-0 to Brentford, 3-1 to Reading, 2-0 to Bristol City, 2-1 to Preston. So quite regularly getting beaten by sides in that clutch of teams that I was talking about in in the top seven or eight. Millwall have certainly, I mean, it was never going to continue as it was um, under Gary Rowett at the beginning. Uh, there's been a bit of a drop-off but they're still performing well and away from home is where they're really doing some good things which is bizarre. We know under Neil Harris especially it was the form at the Den that was always so important to, to how they were doing whereas now they're very, very hard to beat away from home. The only defeat they've had in their last nine on the road in the Championship was against Leeds a game in which they, they went 2-0 up uh, and kind of ended up coming under so much pressure that, that they kind of did well to, to keep it at 3-2 but nonetheless um, a decent performance to one of the class sides in the league in their one defeat. They've beaten Preston on the road. They've kept three clean sheets in the last four games. Um, the only one that didn't was that Leeds game. So they kept clean sheets at Stoke, at Sheffield Wednesday and at Preston. Um, yeah, a 1-0 win last time on the road. They've beaten Derby uh, away from home. we have got a very good home record. They've beaten Bristol City at home and Swansea at home. So for whatever reason, since, uh, since Gary Owens come in, he's setting them up in a way that makes them very very difficult to play against on the road it's probably because of their um ability on the counter-attack with jed wallace so dangerous for space in front of him wigan uh, of course are missing Shay dunkley which is a big miss for them in, in, in center defense because he's a player at, at both ends of the pitch a key who,
0: goal threat as well
1: <laughs> exactly he's, he's he's you know he's a dominant center back on his day and he's also a player who who is their top scorer in the league i think this season with five um So, yeah, I I just think that Millwall are are probably more likely to win this one than Wigan. I I don't think there's... I wouldn't be a massive surprise to see Wigan win it. Um, Although the stats do suggest that they don't win very much at home and and Millwall do win quite a lot at home. Sorry, away from home. Uh, So, yeah, it's just a a pretty solid kind of one-pointer, next best uh, Millwall around about the 7-4 mark.
0: And that's all I asked for, so thank you for that. (laughs) Birmingham City, they're going to beat Sheffield Wednesday this weekend, I reckon and I'm going to be punting them to do so. Uh, Best price, 2.3 that I can see. And as much as this is a recognition that we kind of think Sheffield Wednesday are sliding, are really sliding, uh, on the slide. Their form since Christmas, horrendous. Seven defeats in ten, just five points in those ten games. Uh, They're, well, the, the underlying numbers suggest that them having the worst record in the league in that time is pretty much entirely justified. Over the last eight games, they've got the worst XG ratio in the league, um, joint really with, with Charlton. And um, look, it's it's not going to get any easier for them. Now, that the interesting subtext of this game, of course, is uh, Pep Clotet versus Gary Monk. You might remember that in the reverse fixture in the lead up to it we had some uh, some incendiary quotes from Gary Monk uh, really calling into question the character of his former assistant Pep Clotet who replaced him as Birmingham manager um really really sort of just just really horrible stuff being said and um and and r- horrible stuff i suppose being suggested being insinuated by Monk uh, about how Clotet had Treated him and, and potential backstabbing and all that, and uh, of course no handshake at the game. Monk very much rejecting the hand. So um, that's a sort of quite a dramatic subtext to this game. But the fact is, uh, Sheffield Wednesday on on pretty miserable form. We know that some of Monk's personnel chopping and changing uh, has been well, from our point of view, less than ideal recently. Um, it seems to have. He seems to be very frustrated with his group of players. He seems to be quite keen to move on a lot of these players at the end of the season. He's made that quite clear, and I think the whole atmosphere surrounding that has meant that a lot of these players can't really be bothered to, to play much football or play much good football at this stage of the season. So quite bad vibes for, for Sheffield Wednesday. Last time they went away from home, they lost to Luton, and the fans told them that they weren't fit to wear the shirt. So uh, it's going to be a, uh, well... It, they're going to have to really draw on a lot of uh, a lot of strong character in order to to turn that around and put in a good performance here. And they're going to find it tough because Birmingham are on a real upturn. Uh, them and Cardiff have the current longest unbeaten runs in the championship. Seven games, uh, Blues, without defeat. Same as Cardiff. Um, in that time, they kept a clean sheet, which was significant. It was their first one since uh, basically October, the end of October. 18 games, they went without a clean sheet. But... Um, you can see that they've been making clear defensive improvements. Um, I think Jake Clark Salter should take some credit for that because he's come into the side. Uh, he's sort of displaced Harley Dean, playing alongside Mark Roberts, and they seem to be forming a pretty good partnership. So uh, quite impressive stuff. Uh, they haven't conceded more than a goal uh, in a game since uh, 1st of January. So yeah. improvements defensively for Birmingham and offensively improvements as well. Uh, a few things to to thank for that. The signing of Scott Hogan. Uh, he's on. Uh, well, he started really well, hasn't he? Three goals in his first four games. Uh, on paper, it it felt like a partnership between Hogan and and Lucas the Duke Djukovic would work. And so far, we're seeing that it does work. With Djukovic, uh, as ever, doing a lot of the 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 hard work, a lot of the um, a lot of the ugly stuff, a lot of the aerial duels, and Hogan sort of sniffing around, using that goal scorers instinct that he has. Um, to sniff around for opportunities. But I've noticed really in recent weeks the, the extent to which Gary Gardner is, is well, a, a one-man attack in midfield at times. He His his energy going forward and the licence that he's been given to go forward in recent weeks has, has given Birmingham a sort of another dimension to their attacking play. And he got a great assist against Brentford. Uh, he played fantastically well in the week uh, against Barnsley. He's been a real force and he's got sunyets just sitting covering for him when he makes those runs. Uh, Bellingham, of course, is is get is getting all the headlines. A uh, fantastic young player, doing really well off the left flank. Um, but yeah, I'm just confident that Brist, uh, Birmingham in a good place. Clotet will make sure they're absolutely up for this one so that he can uh, hopefully beat his friend, uh, his former friend, Gary Monk. I'm picking Birmingham to beat Sheffield Wednesday. So that's my second pick. Uh, what about you, George, next up?
1: I'm so looking forward to that because I love the fact the last time they played, the ball was just so in Gary Monk's court and they were so much better than Birmingham and everyone was just expecting them to win and they didn't. And how the tables have turned. Um, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Mr. Clotter, I still think there's something quite delicious about the uh, the return fixture. Mm. Um, I am going to see our friend who sells uncut diamonds. Oh, Yemze! Mr. Mr. Yemze.
0: Yes! <laughs>
1: Uh they are at home to uh Stevenage who have recently sacked Graham Wesley. Mm. And you might you might want to sit down for this one. Uh. I probably wouldn't have been picking Crawley here if they had sacked if they hadn't sacked Wesley. Right. Because they were quite good against Salford. and there were kind of signs that maybe there was something coming to light here. Yeah. But they've got rid of him, they've replaced him with um Paco Revels, Alex Revel. Who well, you has just don't never, know what
0: you're going to get next, do you? Who, who's never,
1: exactly, who's ne- <laughs> he's never managed before. This is his first game in management, taking over a side who have lost so many games uh, on the bounce. Against the Crawley side, who under John Yems, just are, are you know, at, at very worst, very solid. Uh, they haven't maintained the, um, you know, the whirlwind run that, that they underwent when he first took over. But they're still performing adequately. Uh, Last time out, they drew 0-0 with a decent Carlisle side. They've been very, very strong at home now for a while. Um, They are unbeaten in their last seven at home, winning four of those games. Uh, They've only drawn uh, two blanks in those times, scoring four against Northampton, scoring two against Bradford, three against Grimsby, three against Gunthorpe. Uh, For Stevenage, it's just so, so desperate. Five defeats on the spin. Sorry, that is doing them credit. Seven defeats on on the spin. Um... They haven't scored more than a single goal in that time. Uh, they That win against Cambridge, winning 4 0, is a distant memory. They are destined for the drop unless Macclesfield are hit with another point seduction. But it would have to be a hefty one, I think, because they still are operating at a much higher level and will still probably pick up the points to, to guide them to safety. So I can't really work out. I, I think it must be. I mean, I, the XG on, on Saturday showed Stevenage. Uh, projecting two expected goals compared to sort of 0.9 it feels like the price here must be a reaction to that which I think is is pretty wrong given that Steven Lynch were A at home B it's a different manager and C it's just a very very small sample size of one game even if there were signs that Wesley was starting to turn it around I'm amazed that Crawley are odds against here um, and 11 to 10 um, yeah I think it's a, a, a very good bet
0: Spare a thought for, for Stevenage fans here. Uh, they just missed out on the playoffs last season. Heading into the season, there really wasn't anything to suggest that that this would happen. They've scored 10 goals at, at home in 17 games. That's pretty miserable. They've won one of their last 18 in the league. And it was a 4-0 win away at Cambridge. who are, Giving them hope. Who are in the top half. I mean... What a league, what a league. Um, yeah, up the up the uncut, yens. Um Hopefully Crawley do the business there. He's made a good case for it. My third pick, all three in the championship. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm going to take my temperature after this recording because uh, normally I, I avoid the championship like the plague. This week, this is where I consider the value to be. I, I'm going to back Middlesbrough to beat Barnsley. Um, and they are away from home. They're playing at Oakwell. Uh, I'm just stalling so I can get the price up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Middlesbrough, 2.9, yeah, two point nine, two point nine three 2.93 with some of the firms. Um, just a shade under 2 to 1. And uh, it's an interesting game, this one. I'm looking forward to watching it when I'm in at Quest, actually, on Saturday. Because I think it could be quite an entertaining game. Um, I, you know, this is a bit like one of your picks. This is a very much a, a one-pointer. I'm, I think that there's a bit of value in the Middlesbrough price, but... I'm very aware of the threats that Barnsley have. They showed that at Fulham uh, on uh, well last weekend, winning 3-0. Only their fourth clean sheet of the season, I believe, and two of them have been against uh, Fulham, which seems ridiculous. But such is this division. Barnsley, bottom of the league with 28 points uh, from 33. Middlesbrough have nine more, uh, 37 from 33. So quite an important game for Borough not to lose, I would suggest. I think they can go further and win it. Um... I think part of the reason is not taking Barnsley's performance against Fulham and thinking to myself, that's going to be replicated here. I think one thing we've seen from Barnsley and they've kind of we've burnt our fingers a few times praising them on the Monday pod after after the odd victory and then seeing them really sort of return to uh, return to previous levels uh, in the in the match after so. Uh, I suppose I'm laying down the gauntlet to Barnsley to, to do it again, to 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 play that way again, to to replicate a good performance. And I'm not sure they've necessarily got the uh, consistency to do that. And I also think that any uh, any news of a Middlesbrough decline uh, are slightly overblown. They haven't won in seven games, uh, four draws in that time, three defeats. They lost uh, at Fulham, at Brentford, and then they lost at home to Luton. Now, that one was... Uh, damaging that one was a sore one for for the fans but um, and, and it was a poor performance as well Luton did a bit of a job on them so uh, I'm looking for a re- reaction uh if you look at the XG tables that the brilliant Mike Holden of the Fox punter service I mean it's a it's a rating service it uh, it's a tipping service as well but we mainly use it for the XG uh, ratings they're really really helpful they get sent through on Wednesday or Thursday each week, and they very much help with our punting. Um, I was surprised to see Middlesbrough towards the top of the last eight games. Fourth best best XG ratio in the championship. Um, third best in the last four games. So uh, Game State, as you mentioned, will come into that. The fact that in a few of those games they have conceded early goals. There was an own goal as well against Wigan, which wouldn't show up in the XG data but even stretching to to eight games ago, generally this team has been keeping it fairly tight. They have been defending quite well. They've been restricting chances uh, for, for the most part, and they um, and they I, I think they've they've got the attacking players to hurt a Barnsley side who, for the most part, this season have been really really poor defensively. So I'm looking to Ashley Fletcher, who I bigged up on the Monday pod the other day. I'm looking to him for a good performance. But yeah, I I, I suppose ultimately I don't think there's much between these two teams, I think Middlesbrough are a bit better, in fact, than uh, than Barnsley. So I'm very happy to take them at just under two to one uh, to beat Barnsley this weekend in what I think will be sort of the, the underrated game of the weekend. I reckon in uh, in the Championship. Um, I also think, if I may, just I'm getting way too carried away with the Championship here, but I do <laughs> I do think there's a bit of value in Cardiff at three to one to beat Stoke. Uh, oh, an extra! I'm stopping shy of uh, of putting them up. Maybe I'll put. points on that but I just wanted to flag it up in case it happens (laughs) in case it wins and you can say you did it (laughs) I won't claim it but I I will mention it just all I'm I'm saying guys all (laughs) all I'm saying is guys have a look have a look at Cardiff just have a look you don't have to do anything but just have a look for me (laughs) what's your what's your bonus mate you're going for three in a row here
1: well yeah for doing that I reckon Gillingham are quite good price as well this weekend but um I uh yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm sad to be moving away from the correct score market that's done me so well. Well, I guess last time it was a first goal scorer officially because so it was no goal scorer, and without that I wouldn't have won. So I'm talking absolute nonsense. <laughs> um, but I am, uh, yeah, going to go to Portman Road, where sadly I'm not going to be, because uh, I'm working for Five Live. But we'll obviously be keeping a very close eye on what's going on in a big game between Ipswich. And Oxford that I previewed on the Going Up Going Down podcast. So listen to that, please, right now if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, first goal scorer. I, I just think there's a bit of a, a bit of juice in the price of Oxford um, at nine to four. I think they can come into this game uh, as they did against AFC Wimbledon midweek, just without any real fear. Um, a win is a bonus. The season looks like it's it's probably going to fizzle out. So now if we can get ourselves back in that mix towards the top end of the table um, then it will be uh, yeah, as I say, a bonus rather than any expectation but the attacking play on display on, on, on Tuesday night against to Wimbledon was, was really impressive um, the return of the likes of James Henry and Cameron Brannigan um, the performances of Nathan Holland and Marcus Brown was just oozing quality and the, the person who profits the most from that is the man up top Matthew Taylor uh, he scored two goals uh, on Tuesday including the opener and he probably could have scored by his own admission a, a lot more than the two he ended up on on the night he's such a good six yard box striker and with that clutch of creative players playing behind him he's just the service is, is second to none um, if Fox were put in a similar performance on Saturday as they did on Tuesday it's obviously going to be a much tougher game against Nipstreet's side who also coming off the back of a good win but I
0: feel like You're confident though aren't you I just feel
1: like the approach will just suit goal scoring. And and Taylor's currently six to one with bet three six five to score first. If you back him each way, you're basically getting a two to one shot on him scoring any time. And that just I, I, I think I even if Oxford come away with nothing, I won't be for want trying. And I think probably an attacking mindset and the approach to the game. Um it, yeah, I, I think that Taylor's the most likely person to score and you know, if you're looking at Will Keane around about the four to one mark, uh, yeah, not for me. That um, I think Taylor's quite clearly more likely to get on the score six to one. Is my bonus
0: right? Well, just first, g- first,
1: first goal scorer. That is.
0: Just give me one second because I've got to rush and go back Will Keen after what you've said there. Um, <laughs> I mean, given your luck, I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor sort of scores a cross or if there's, you know, an o- two own goals to start the game and then he scores the third one. Um, Perfect. Base, any luck that um, the betting gods want to throw my way, that's fine. I won't turn that down either. So just, um, <laughs> yeah, just just get in touch. Uh, I'm actually going to pick a first goal scorer double, uh, ever ambitious, uh, in the championship. So f- full champo for me. And it's uh, Alexander Mitrovic. I think he scores first against Derby for Fulham tonight. And uh, Scott Hogan as well, who I mentioned. Hogan, you can get just uh, eleven to two, and Mitrovic at nine to two. with bet three six five, and they do that rather pleasant and generous uh, each way terms for first goal scorer bet. So, um, if they score any time, then uh, that's the each way part of the bet. You will get a third of the a third of the price. So. Um, yeah Mitrovic and Hogan two goal scorers that I think will notch this weekend that's just under 35 to 1 that double um and at 33 to 1 of course I am backing dun 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 Michael Ahikwe, first goal scorer <laughs> for Rotherham against Accrington there's uh yeah I mean I'm just going to keep backing him as as long as he's as long as he's over probably 28 to 1 I will back Michael Ahikwe every single week and I cannot wait for him to score and uh, we're going to have a party when he does. Uh, that it from you, George?
1: That's it from me. Although I do like how, again, you flagged up about a million bets there, just to really try and... Yep. You're not going to get any luck from the gods if you try and cheat the system, is what I'm going to say. I'm
0: not cheating the system. Just okay. uh, value hunter. That's what I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, so my... which,
1: which one was your bonus bet, the double or the or heat play?
0: The, uh, the the double. That's okay, my cool. bonus bet. Yeah. Okay. So what was the heat 33 to 1. <laughs> uh, um, uh, what was I going to say well, Yeah, well, okay so my nap was Forrest to beat QPR my next best were Birmingham to beat Sheffield Wednesday and Middlesbrough to beat Barnsley my bonus uh, was uh, Mitrovic and Hogan both to score first and there's a couple of other suggested nuggets in there that I'm not allowed to list um, apparently <sighs> and George just run run me through what you've put up
1: um, yeah so West Brom is my nap uh, Millwall uh, to win away at Wigan his next best Crawley to beat Stevenage at home Matt Taylor to um, to score first each way loads of others in there as well <laughs> to DM me for, for more
0: <laughs> Brilliant okay well thanks for listening guys uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this Friday morning betting show uh, bright and early recording this one uh, I'm looking forward to getting the coffee in now that I've hydrated during the recording I'll get a uh, a
1: mint tea in.
0: George, I'll see you later. Sky Sports tonight, Derby Fulham, uh, me, you and Scott Minto. We're going to be talking about some big games towards the bottom of the championship and the championship relegation battle. Really looking forward to that. You're doing Radio 5 Live tomorrow, so please guys, tune into that um, throughout the afternoon. And then I'm on Quest as well tomorrow night, so really really our full coverage. Um, it's 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 a multiple pronged attack from us this weekend. So hopefully you'll be seeing us on your TVs, at, in your homes, in your pubs, on your radios, in your car, uh, everywhere you are, really. So um, And uh, please do, <laughs> do go and listen to the Going Up, Going Down podcast as well that we do for The Athletic. Uh, someone who is very smart, someone called Blades Analytic, who many of you will know, called the EFL Rewind segment possibly his favorite part of any podcast that he listens to. And that man listens to a lot of pods. So um, please get involved with that. And uh, I'm waffling now. So bye-bye. We'll talk again on Monday.